Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. According to world heavyweight champion boxer Mike Tyson, he said that when he was asked how he planned to defeat Evander Holyfield's fight plan. Tyson was later uh, infamously disqualified for biting off part of Holyfield's ear in one of the two championship bouts they fought. Vladimir Putin had a plan. Had a plan until he got punched in the face. Putin's plan was to do a smash and grab. Smash into Ukraine with his armor columns and grab the capital, Kiev, from the north, deposing the democratic government and putting in a puppet regime while he seized the southern portion of Ukraine with its Black Sea ports. Putin was likely encouraged by his virtually bloodless 2014 seizure of Crimea from Ukraine and the West's limited response to that. Not to mention the West's failure to respond to his Georgia invasion, his Donbass adventures, and his war crimes in Chechnya and Syria. What his plan didn't account for was the mouth smash back from the Ukrainians who refused to go along with his plan. The seven years from the Crimean seizure provided the Ukrainians with time to prepare for Putin's next swing, time to bolster their cyber defenses, time to train their military, and time to acquire modern weapons. Thirty days now into this phase of Putin's failed roundhouse swing, we've seen the Ukrainians halt the advance on Kyiv and refuse to submit, even as Russian artillery and airstrikes have turned Ukrainian cities into rubble. Thus far, anti-tank, anti-air weapons, and the courage of Ukrainians defending their homes have thwarted Putin's plan. The Russian general staff announced that they're going to change their focus uh, to the south and the Donbass region in the east, both of which are close to Russia and easier to supply and reinforce than the area around Kyiv. As the military maxim goes, reinforce success, not failure. By moving the focus to the regions where they've had limited success, they're admitting failure in the north around Kyiv. Putin is not a military guy, nor a great strategist. He was a mid-level spy who, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, became the mayor of St. Petersburg's fixer to the Russian mafia. What did those two early careers teach him? Always act tough, never back down. Those traits worked well for him until he got punched in the mouth. Before Putin invaded Ukraine, the U.S. had been distracted in Afghanistan and the Middle East until President Biden disengaged us. The Germans and most other NATO nations were distracted by Russian oil and gas. Georgia was too far away and too hard to get to. Syria's always been a mess. And the Chechens? Oh, they were just some lawless, ungovernable Muslim terrorists targeting innocent. Russians, according to Putin. In short, Putin's previous smash and grabs were in a different neighborhood in town, and the big boys, that is, the U.S., Germany, and the U.K., were too otherwise occupied to get involved. The only folks sounding the warning were NATO countries previously dominated by Russia, Poland, Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia. Oh, they're just paranoid, the big boys muttered. Poland is now saying, we told you so. The big boys haven't responded to that. 
except by using Poland as a transit point for weapons headed to Ukraine and a reception hall for the refugees fleeing Putin's bombs. Poland is glad to serve in both those roles, as the Poles want the full support of the big boys in keeping Russian forces as far away from their borders as possible, which means keeping Ukraine as a free, independent, and democratic nation. Although the Russian army is five times the size of Ukraine's, and the Russian Air Force is even bigger, Russia cannot concentrate all its military power on Ukraine. Russia has a huge landmass and has in the recent past fought border conflicts with China and faced insurgencies in the South with Muslim minorities tired of Moscow's domination. Rather than pull more active duty troops from other locations, thus weakening defenses in conflict-prone border areas, it's more likely the Russian military would call up reservists or increase conscription. Either offers problems. Conscription is never popular, and it requires time-consuming training to bring civilian draftees up to a minimal level of competence as soldiers. Casualties among conscripted soldiers will provoke the wrath of families who support Putin needs. Calling up reservists can create manpower shortages in civilian employment, and reservists also require training to bring them up to full-time soldier standards. Ukraine, on the other hand, is fighting for its survival as a nation. They are defending their homes and families. As a result, they are highly motivated. Nor do they have to be concerned with other borders. The way Russia does, Ukraine's NATO neighbors are not going to invade. Ukrainian soldiers are led by officers and NCOs who served with NATO forces in Kosovo and Afghanistan. Those leaders are trained in individual battlefield initiative like their American and NATO counterparts. The Russian military, on the other hand, is led in a top-down manner, which discourages individual initiative, which is why so many Russian generals have already been killed on the battlefield. How does this end? Every day that the Ukrainians continue to punch Putin in the mouth is a day closer to victory. President Zelensky should stop calling for Putin to negotiate and instead say, We're going to keep punching you in the mouth until you leave. Leave now before we kill more of your soldiers, whose mothers you must answer to. Putin understands and cares about only one thing, strength. Zelensky and the Ukrainians have shown strength. The West is showing strength through pouring weapons and economic assistance to Ukraine and sanctioning Russia economically. Putin has hopes that China will help him. China will buy his oil and gas, just like Europe does. But other than that, China will not help. The U.S. buys more than four times as much from China as does Russia. China's worldwide trade amounts to $2.5 trillion. The U.S. accounts for nearly 25% of that. Russia, something less than 5%. Most of the world is allied with the U.S. and NATO against the Russian invasion. China has seen what that unity has meant in terms of economic sanctions. China will not endanger its economy to aid Russia beyond purchasing oil and gas. Ukraine will fight because they must. Putin will fail because his plan failed. He's bitten Ukraine's ear off, but it's proving pretty hard to chew. This is Bill Enyard with Reflections from the River. You can email me at bill at billenyard.com. That's B-I-L-L at B-I-L-L-E-N-Y-A-R-T. 
Audio production is by Tom Calhoun at www.paguy.com.com. Thanks for listening.